this episode of the Chillinois podcast, I sit down with Trevi and Cutie. I encourage you to watch the video version of today's podcast. I've tried to display sources and or coverage on specific topics that we discuss in today's episode. A link to the video version of this podcast can be found in the description of this podcast or at chillinois.net slash YouTube. You can follow us on social media. We're on Twitter at Chillinois State and we're on Instagram at Chillinois Podcast. If you follow us on social media, you might have noticed that we recently shared a post about a cultivation license that Shelby County Community Services had reportedly sold. In our post, which contained a message from a person who wished to remain anonymous, we questioned whether the sale of the license had been finalized and what happened next was strange. I'm honestly not sure if it was coincidence or just good timing, but Red, White & Bloom, the company that had reportedly purchased the cultivation license from Shelby County Community Services, announced a trading halt at, quote, the request of the company pending news. What came next was an official announcement by Red, White & Bloom that they were restructuring and will no longer, uh, quote, pursue its own THC license through its previously announced definitive agreement to acquire a cultivation license in Shelbyville, Illinois. So for the folks that are watching our podcast right now, Red, White & Bloom announced in December that they were going to acquire the THC Cultivation Center license. It was one of the 21 original uh, Illinois-issued, quote, super licenses, allowing for 220,000 square feet of canopy space uh, for flowering plants. This is the post that we shared, uh, including a message from an anonymous person that basically said, you should look into the sale of Shelby County uh, Cultivation, who was supposedly bought out by Red, White & Bloom. The the sale still hasn't gone through and the workers have been left in the dark. They're short-staffed, underpaid, and overworked. So we posted that. And um, like I said, the next day, I believe it was the next day, we received a message that red white and bloom initiated this trading hall which you can see a screenshot of and we were pretty honest in saying that we don't know what this means next after halting trading red white and bloom announced that they were restructuring their company so trading resumed and in red white and bloom's official release they announced that they will no longer pursue its own thc license through its previously announced definitive agreement to acquire a cultivation license in Shelbyville, Illinois. Once again, I encourage you to watch the video version of today's podcast. I've tried to display sources and or coverage on specific topics that we discuss in today's episode. Once again, a link to the video version of this podcast can be found in the description of this podcast or at chillinois.net slash YouTube. Now I will be checking in throughout this episode to add context to this conversation. I feel like it goes without saying to our longtime listeners, but as we grow in popularity, I think it's important to remind our listeners to do their own research. You should never step away from this podcast as if everything delivered in it was 100% accurate fact. The fact of the matter is, I'm just a stoner that bought a microphone. I can make mistakes and so can my guests. Frankly, I'm saying this because this podcast includes a fair number of allegations that were cast by my guest. Look, If you Google Trevian's name, you're going to find a lot of results. You'll also find that she has, in fact, been in the room with power players. So take this podcast for what it's worth. And by that, I mean, look into the sources that I'm able to provide, 
look into the things that Trevian says and some of the things that she provided us and do your own research. Come away with your own conclusions. This podcast is paid for by listeners like you. If you're able, please make a one-time monthly or yearly contribution of your choice at chillinoy.net slash support. Your contribution helps us to afford the hosting and distribution fees that are required to publish this podcast, as well as the equipment that is required to capture this podcast. Thank you for supporting the Chillinoy podcast and enjoy the episode. Trevian, happy 420. How the hell are you? I'm amazing. I'm always amazing. That's the only answer you're ever going to get from me. You look like you're maxing and relaxing, that's for sure. <laughs> you know, it's back. been like stressful, you know, but if it's my life isn't stressful, I'm bored. So it's like, hey, it's 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 an amazing life. So I was going to say, you seem to live that way. You seem to to, to lean into some things that for folks yeah. that don't know you, who who are you, Trevian? You know, I am. Um, I'm a person who, I guess if you had, if I wanted to define myself, I'm gonna say that I will want people to know that I'm someone who lives my life backwards from death. Like a lot of people try and live into situations, you know, towards death. For me, I want to know exactly what people are going to know and say about me when I am no longer present on this earth. So I'm going to do everything and live every day like it is my last day and do everything I can do and take every risk I can take, but for the greater good as much as it can be while I take care of myself. And that encompasses um, making sure that um, I take care of myself. So, um, yeah, I, I think that's that's pretty much, you know, without going into the specifics, which I think we'll hit over the course of this conversation. Yeah, that that's who I would, that is what I'm working to make sure that people know about who I am. Yeah. Um, let's talk about uh, your experience in cannabis, shall we? Um, I know that you have a history in Illinois cannabis. Can you just... It's not a uh, history. Oh, it's still... Trust me, it's about to blow up. But you guys don't know that because I think the best thing to do in Illinois right now is to move in silence. So, oh no, it's not history, baby. It's the future. But (laughs) but tell us a little bit about your journey because you've in the past when we've talked about you coming on the show, you've told me that, you know, you've been privy to some some insane things and it's not like... That's not surprising to a lot of people that can, that, that um, pay attention to this. Like, I guess, can you tell us like when you first got, from what I understand, you used to work alongside, was it the executive director in Chicago Normal back in the day, Dante Townsend? Is that was his- I was talking to Dante today. Um, yeah. We still work together. Um, it'll take um, multiple um, powerhouses to bring down um, the embedded, you know, cartels that exist in Illinois cannabis, both, you know, medical and recreational uh, grow and uh, distribution, you know, retail. So, um, yeah, there are very few people that you can trust in this game, but Dante Townsend is definitely one of them. Um, I actually ended up working in Illinois cannabis because I got a call from Cash Money Records and um, they at the time said, hey, you know, there's this company um, by the name of RWB and they're, you know, trying to step into Illinois um, cannabis. And if anybody can make any noise or make anything happen, 
it might be you. So you might want to check it out. And so um, that conversation ended up me working with um, lobbying uh, completely green, not knowing, I mean, a green banana in cannabis. I didn't know anything about cannabis. I went and found Dante Townsend. I went and found everybody who was a player. I went and found, you know, had a meeting with Kelly Cassidy and, you know, at her restaurant, you know, up north, yeah. went in the bathroom and there were revolution stickers all in the bathroom. You know, it, 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 it started off completely wrong. Kelly Cassidy was the one who actually made me stay in the game because she boldface lied to me about the number of licenses that were left. And I was specifically meeting with her about um, ISP 15, which is the, if, if people know, um, every district, every um, interstate police district in Illinois was granted one of the original uh, medical licenses, which also eventually uh, contained, you know, retail and adult use. ISP 15 is nothing but a toll road. So no one applied for that license. So we were attempting, well, I think I was attempting because nobody had thought of it prior to me. I was attempting to get that license moved or opened for someone else to apply for. And it could have been anybody. It could have been RWB. It could have been GTI. It could have been, but the fact of the matter that you've got, and it's still sitting there. So that's where my battle with Toy Hutchinson came into play because we had a fight in Don Harmon's office in front of the secretary and um, regarding that license. And she thought I was beholden to just RWB. But as I began to really delve into finding out what was really happening under the scope in Illinois cannabis, I just wanted the license open for people to be able to obtain something that the vertically integrated operators had already gotten. And that was the last opportunity and still is in my opinion. Absolutely. Well, I want to talk about Toy Hutchinson in a second, but I think it's important to bring up, you brought up Cassidy and revolution. Am I yeah. correct in thinking that shortly after we legalized cannabis, Cassidy's spouse was actually appointed, appointed rather or hired. In Florida. I don't know yeah. Okay, with revolution. Yeah. And if you, you can't tell me that's not a conflict of interest. So, you know, I actually have a whole cartel board of faces. I'm going to send you the whole board and how this goes all the way back to Lisa Madigan and Pat Quinn. All right. Let's pump the brakes for a moment. Trevian just mentioned that she would be sending me a whole cartel board of faces and how this goes all the way back to Lisa Madigan and Pat Quinn. After the recording, I asked Trevian for the board, and at first, she sent me this, which is not what I consider to be a whole cartel board of faces that traces how all of this goes all the way back to Lisa Madigan and Pat Quinn. Instead, these are just separate pictures. Now, you can see that a couple of these photos do seem to come from a board, when I asked for pictures of the entire board, Trevian told me that she'd be unable to provide that data to me because it contains information that she sent to the DEA, specifically, quote, the names of witnesses. So take that for what it's worth. When I asked for the proof that Trevian volunteered, 
Trevian did not supply the information. If you ask any, I probably am going to tell you there's nobody. Well, there's one guy who's, he's so stealth. He like hides and he pops up every now and again. And he'll give me a little hint of what he knew prior to 2015 when Pat Quinn, you know, started giving these licenses out under the table um, prior to them properly being awarded by the Department of Agriculture. Um, but there's a whole line, there's a dead person who actually almost broke the code. Um, you've got- Okay, let's pump the brakes on this. Uh, we just got our first silencing allegation. In other words, Trevian just alluded to the fact that somebody got murdered for quote, almost breaking the code. Now I asked for more information on this specific allegation and this is what Trevian was able to provide. I'll throw these links in the podcast description so that you can do your own research. Now, the first article that I'm about to show centers around a lawsuit that was filed in 2015. Now, these were the early days of the Illinois Medical Cannabis Program. During these days, there were 21 cultivation licenses that were issued. The Chicago Tribune reported that a lawsuit was challenging the cannabis licensing process. Specifically, the lawsuit claimed that the state failed to follow its own requirements for deciding who would get to cultivate and sell cannabis. We're displaying the article right now. In response, Governor Bruce Rauner's administration agreed that the evaluation process started by Governor Pat Quinn's office was flawed and pledged to cooperate with any court review of the program. Rauner's office stated in an email that we quote, understand and acknowledge that the process that the Quinn administration applied would likely expose the state to significant and costly litigation. They continued with quote, we believe the steps we took to fix the errors in the Quinn selection process reduce, but cannot entirely eliminate the risk of litigation. We will fully participate in any judicial review of the selection process and comply with any orders issued by a court as it relates to this particular applicant or any other applicant that seeks a judicial review, end quote. And that was uh, some of the statement that Rauner's office provided in an email. So the suit filed by PMRX LLC of Chicago uh, was seeking a court order to prevent the, the state from issuing a final cultivation center license to competitor Cresco Labs. Um, they wanted to require the state to rescore applications for court approval or declare PMRX the higher scorer in District 21 in Kankakee. The suit claims that Cresco scored lower than PMRX, but ended up with a higher score after a Cresco representative met with Quinn, despite a ban on regulators meeting with applicants during the selection process. A spokesperson for the former governor released a statement that said Quinn, quote, did not have any meetings with any medical cannabis applicants to discuss their licensing applications. Furthermore, Governor Quinn had no involvement in the scoring and evaluation of applicants. Governor Quinn did not know the names or scores of any licensed applicants at the time. End quote. Now, in a statement, the company said, we are not going to comment on the efforts of a company that is attempting to achieve in court what it failed to do with the state. Cresco Labs submitted comprehensive and thorough applications exceeding all the state's very stringent requirements, and we stand behind our applications. Now, to be clear, that was a statement from Cresco Labs, from what I can tell. Um, Cresco did not address whether the Quinn meeting took place, and the PMRX 
company claimed in the suit that it spent at least $1 million to prepare its application, had secured a commitment letter from an investor for $10 million for the project, and had $500,000 in liquid assets as required. Now, this is where Trevian's allegation about silencing comes into play. The losing bidder for an Illinois cannabis license dropped its lawsuit against the state on Monday, one month after the company's CEO died unexpectedly at his suburban home. Now, this was reported on May 18th, 2015 by NBC Chicago. The individual, Andrew James, whose company, PMRX, lost out on a bid for a cultivation license in the Kankakee area, had sued the Illinois Department of Agriculture, accusing them of failing to follow their own licensing guidelines when scoring applications. The license in that area, Illinois State Police District 21, had been awarded to the state's biggest winner, Cresco Labs. The 51-year-old James was found dead in his Kenilworth home on April 9th. The results of an autopsy were reportedly inconclusive. Both sides in the dispute on Monday agreed to settle the case. As reported in the article, accordingly, PMRX and Cresco Labs anticipate that the District 21 permit will be promptly issued by the Department of Agriculture to Cresco, as announced by the department on February 2nd, 2015. So take that for what it's worth. I don't think we should jump to conclusions on this, but this is definitely a weird one that I'm not going to beat around the bush. Feels like something out of a movie. So again, take that for what it's worth. Let's continue the podcast. Uh, You know, it it just runs so deep. I'm going to send you the board and I'm going to see how much you know about the original players that allowed the cannabis game to become so, you know, vertically integrated and and corrupt as it is because it's a cartel now. And um, once again, just to be clear, when I asked for the evidence that Trevian volunteered, she was not willing to send it to me because it contained, quote, the names of witnesses, end quote, along with other information that she has provided to the DEA. You know, you've got people filing lawsuits for licenses. You've got true social equity filing, you know, for monopolizations. Let me just tell you. Those are bogus suits because these people in their contracts before they go under this umbrella or sell this off to go under this umbrella, they've already prepared for monopolization lawsuit language. Okay, so let's not, you know, play or get too happy about it. And, and, you know, kudos to them for follow, you know, filing it. But if you're going to mess with JB and you're going to mess with what's happening in Illinois, it's got to be on the basis of lack of regulation. Regulation. And we've got so much proof. I mean, I've sent documents to the DEA. So now it's about to fall apart, which is why Toy Hut, I know you said to wait, but she's such no, an no, integral, we can get to her. We she's can get such to her. an go. integral part of where Illinois is as far as equity. People call it social equity. I think that's bullshit. Okay. Social is bullshit. It's got to be true equity, real equity. And when people settle for social, it's like already saying you're less than what all of these other people already have. That's, that's taken serious. Social isn't serious. Social is fun. It's like charity. So, you know, 
I've always thought about this different. I've always been the rogue person. I've always been the rogue lobbyist who was able to crack and to get into Springfield and see who was playing who, who was denying who, who was in bed with who. And now I got information on who and who, and they all know it, which is why they're like, this girl, where does she come from? But I'm here. I'm, you, they just can't see me. So yeah. this is a rare, this is a rare situation. And I'm even talking about it to you today, but I thought 420 would be um, appropriate to let them know, oh, it's not over. Yeah, no. And that's, I mean, why I wanted to bring you on. I, I figured that you had things to share. I mean, I don't figure that these comments come out of nowhere in the past. Mm. You've out on social media to keep my knee on Toy Hutchinson's neck. Oh, that was in the Sun Times. <laughs> Yes, it was. Yes, it yeah. was. I actually saw my um, re- here. I'll share what I'm looking at right now. Um, and she's an easier target now because she's no longer government protected. She's in the pri- and she's in the private sector, which is still under a JV company. And uh, she moved on to the marijuana policy project, which brings right. up the question like the uh, the regulator to uh, lobbyist pipeline. Is that the right way of saying it? Um, That's what it is. Um, but here, uh, this is the article I'm referencing and, right. it, and, um, Pritzker's office responded to your comments. Can you tell me what, what, how, like, where did this come from? I don't imagine it. I know you just kind of alluded to it, but can you tell me more like what, what led you to say those things? Um, you can see why on their face, some people would be like, Oh shit. Like those are strong words. You know? Well, I mean, I attempted many times to, have a conversation with Toy Hutchinson. And I was coming out of a meeting with Don Harmon to um, present to him uh, specifically the legislation that um, had already had his first reading. So it was on the, I had, you know, gotten, it was SB, uh, I can't remember, 296. So we had it on the floor. Um, It was up for a second reading and they were blocking it from getting into committee. So I was able to finagle a meeting with Don Harmon, who was kind. um, And I was coming out of his office that day. And lo and behold, Toy Hutchinson was coming into his office. And it was at that point that I took the opportunity to let her know, look, you know that these medical patients are suffering. Because if you ask me what my real interest is, it's the medical patients. Without the medical market, there will, would be no adult use market. But the medical program in Illinois is destroyed. It's gone. It's over. And so I had that conversation with Toy Hutchinson and I told her, I said, you know what? You know, there's a, you know, a lack of adequate supply across the board. These people cannot get what they need because you all are now allowing dispos. There's no regulation. Dispos are now selling medical product to adult use clients because, and you're not doing anything about it because you're making the tax dollars on it. And Toy told me, she, and I said, I said, people are sick. There are people out here who used to take, you know, 42 medications a day and their organs were failing on them. And with cannabis, they were cannabis, they were able to go back, you know, and have, you know, semi-normal lives. And she's like, well, there's dead bodies everywhere. And the moment she said that to me, I told her, I said, look, Toy Hutchinson, I'm going to quote myself. I said, you know what? One thing you are not going to do is allow this to continue to happen. Every day that I am around here, you are going to see me 
You need to open ISP 15 and get these medical patients some help. And she said, well, I can't continue to talk about this now. I said, well, you know what? Um, when will we continue this conversation? Because it's, it's a conversation that needs to be had. Well, I'm very busy. She said, you can email me. I said, no, I got your cell number. I'm going to call you and I'm going to keep my knee on your neck. So, and this was all in front of Don Harmon's secretary. Um, so yeah, it was, it, was, it was a good day for me because it was at that moment that forever let her know that no matter where she goes in the world, in cannabis, I'm going to be there and I'm going to make it known until it is that she pays some type of penance and she does the right thing because you don't get to leave your, your position at the law firm that represented Cresco two days before you were appointed your bogus, you know, cannabis czar position and then destroy every opportunity that anybody ever could have to get any type of, actually she was cock blocking it on behalf of who's the number one integrator in the state of Illinois right now. And we all know that's Cresco. So Toy Hutchinson is pivotal in all of these positions and people say, well, you know, it's a black woman. You shouldn't go after a black woman like that. I'm going after her even harder for the simple fact that she is a black woman who purported um, espongement through to all of the legislators in Springfield, which they've all told me she duped us. She tricked us. She lied to us. She told us that if we didn't vote for this legislation, which nobody read, that nobody would be able to, you know, get their records expunged and they wouldn't be able to live normal. Toy Hutchinson was the, and Kelly Cassidy, Toy Hutchinson, and she's no longer there, but she had a major, major, and, and I'm not going to say her name right now because there's something we have pending. I don't want to mention with her, sure. but yeah. And you know, the, the, the can of bitches, how about that? That's what they called themselves, the can of bitches. So yeah, the can of bitches were the, the JB's pets. And, um, you know, Kelly Cassidy is probably still the most corrupt cannabis legislator in, in Springfield right now. So to be clear, you said uh, Toy Hutchinson used to work with Cresco in some fashion she, or another? She worked at the law firm that represented Cresco up until, two, day, or up until like that? two days before she was appointed cannabis star by Jamie or executive senior advisor to cannabis, you know, to the governor on cannabis, whatever. Yeah. Is Both that the Banesh Law thing or whatever that is? I'm uh, sorry? Is that Banesh Law Firm or so? The name's coming up because there's this website, some of the names you're mentioning. I wanted to stop the tape for a moment. I accidentally named a law firm, Banesh Law Firm, in this segment. And it turns out that I was incorrect. I followed up with Trevian and she said that Chapman Cutler was the firm that Hutchinson worked for that also represented Cresco. The reason I kept naming Banesh Law Firm, as you're about to see, is because they are named on a website called JP for Cannabis Corruption which is a website that contains several allegations regarding J.B. Pritzker and the way that cannabis has been implemented in Illinois. Um, yeah, I'm, I don't want to quote the website, but I've definitely posted all of this. There's so much that I've posted on yeah. what happened. Um, you know, there's, there's a lot. There's yeah, a I was going to say, that, have you ever heard of this website, jbcannabiscorruption.com? Yeah, I saw their uh, board, but their board is, is different from mine. They um, they missed a lot of players, but whoever this is, they actually go. They date 
they definitely precede me in the cannabis game, but they, they remain, they're remaining quiet. Have you been able to decipher who's behind this? No, I, I haven't. I've been asking around and I thought I heard of somebody that knew, but they weren't able to tell me at the time. So I need to follow up and see. Um, but I didn't know, like, so is the information that you plan to share with me, am I able to share it with my audience? Oh, definitely. Because okay. it's, it's, it's the story that has to be told. And it, it, it really breaks down the cartel um, from the inception of when these licenses were first just baby talk um, up until the point where, you know, Cresco was able to get a, a meeting with Pat Quinn. The representative from Cresco was able to get a meeting with, with uh, Pat Quinn at the time. He was governor. And um, that's when the under the table deals started. And so I, I have the whole diagram um, there. It, it's going to be quite interesting. Once again, just to be clear, when I asked for the evidence that Trevian volunteered, she was not willing to send it to me because it contained, quote, the names of witnesses, end quote, along with other information that she has provided to the DEA. Quite yeah. interesting. It, can I ask you, I know we're about at the top of our time and we got to do another one, uh, my friend, because th we never do podcasts this short, so it's hard. We're almost like, you know what I mean? We're just getting into it. And what now time was it? it. What? Oh. Well, you said you wanted, I, I you said you I, wanted about 30 go. to 40 we minutes. Roll. We can roll. Okay, can roll. cool. So is, do you think that this entire thing, like, so you've been talking about the beginning and the original licenses, which definitely seem to be under the table dealings, you know, okay. um, I'd love to see, like I said, I'd love to see more data to back that up. But I wanted to ask you about what's happened since legalization is, is this has, let me ask you this. Let me try to keep it simple. Is what we're seeing the actual intent? Because they say the intent was like you said, social equity, but what we've seen play out is that only 40, 40 people have licenses. I don't know all the, all the numbers, 40 craft licenses have gone out. Uh, a lot of the dispensary licenses are held up in court. Is that all by design? Do you think? Every last bit of it is, is by design. They knew that KPMG would be a conflict of interest. They knew these licenses would get tied up in litigation. They knew they were gonna consistently be giving these vertically integrated growers a head start and more of a head start and more of a head start. So even if you do get in the game at this point, as you see how all of the umbrellas have come in and the name changes, actually, I'm, I'm still trying to calculate is if Cresco is over the limit of licenses that they can have in Illinois. And the fact of the matter is that they haven't had their licenses that they've overdrawn revoked is another simple symbol of what is really going on in Illinois, where yeah. I, I think people are fighting the wrong battles. So in it's interesting. I asked uh, Daniel Perry yesterday who currently, or not yet, was no it yesterday? Power, but okay. Monday. Or so that woman has said to the uh, Illinois Black Caucus that she has absolutely no power. So she's grabbing 200 grand a year in a salary and has absolutely no power. But continue. Yeah, I think there's a few roles that she has assigned by law. There's like a disparity and demand study, which she would conduct and um, that I guess provide recommendations. That disparity about with Kelly Cassidy from the jump. You know, that's supposedly three years out. Okay. In right. three years, guess, guess, let's, it's all a game. It's all yeah. a game. 
it's totally all a game, but keep going. So I was talking to Daniel Perry yesterday and I, or I keep fucking forgetting. I think it was Monday. Anyways, um, I was asking her, you know, Cresco just acquired this company and now they're over the limit. Do you reach out to them or do they reach out to you? How does that work? And I believe she said that the, the company reaches out to the Illinois Department of Ag. <laughs> but, you know, um, uh, and then I asked, uh, we'll, we'll get follow up on this, but I asked because I'm pretty sure the statute mandates that there's some transparency on who does hold which licenses. And so right. I asked, you know, if there was like a portal or any way that we could see who holds what licenses, because I wanted to ask you, there's been news about Red, White and Bloom uh, actually today. Yeah. So I don't know if you're able to speak on what happened today. I sure totally. can't because I don't, totally. I don't, fuck, I was gonna say, I don't fucking understand what happened today. But you anyways, stock hold? yeah, there was a stock hold and then they announced that, that actually uh, a little bit, of, there's a stock drop, the, the, stock like completely bottomed out bottomed out like a little bit ago and and we i i was aware that that stock hold was gonna happen but yeah that it's kind of like old news i don't know why it's just coming out yeah well i wanted to ask like what so does red white and blue so i noticed they announced that they were like consolidating and they mentioned they sold their, the greenhouse they no longer own that greenhouse. They I was going to ask. It's so gone. we literally just posted about that yesterday because somebody reached out to us and they were they were like, "Well, the everybody has said that the sale's final, but it's not." And so I just asked as an open question, like, "Does anybody know about this?" And then this came out today, and I was like, "Well, okay, so it's not. It's it's not theirs anymore. It's not theirs anymore." And literally, when RWB came in they were attempting to purchase it from a former flower orchid grower. Um, Color Point, I believe, was the name of the company that had been there um, for years. And Mid-America Growers was actually the owner of that greenhouse. And RWB, I guess it could have been a subsidiary either way. I don't know how the paperwork worked out, but it took forever to even close that deal. But no, that greenhouse has been sold. There are no employees there. Um, nobody connected to RWB is in that facility. Um, people have been laid off. Um, you know, for me, I um, was no longer working with RWB for the simple fact that I was not allowed to be able to work the way I needed to work in order to crack heads in Illinois to get some footing because everywhere you turn, especially as a lobbyist, when you become a lobbyist, you become like a ward of the state, like the secretary of state's office. You know, you, if you say something about toy, oh, is that threatening? Oh, is that, you know, we can revoke her license or we can fine her $250. Look, I needed not to be in the system to do what I need to do. So I, I actually stepped away from RWB a while ago, prior to, to all of this, you know, when they were started falling apart. They tried to get in on a Shelby deal. Um, there was a guy named Bennett Johnson who was attempting to facilitate all that. He failed. Um, and uh, yeah, so RWB kind of bottomed out in Illinois. So you were a lobbyist for RWB. Well, you yeah. were... You acted as a lobbyist. You weren't an official lobbyist. 
was not, a, I know I was a registered lobbyist. Oh, you were a registered lobbyist. I'm I thought you were saying that. lobbyist in multiple states now. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> cool. Okay. So, um, so what can you, are you able to describe like how in the hell were you able to do what I know you're kind of a magic maker and maybe that's, you can't take me behind the curtain, but can you take me behind the curtain and tell me how the magic's made? How the hell did you do it? How did you get a license to potentially be freed up? I mean, because everybody's trying, I mean, I was talking to just really quick before I let you answer, I was talking to somebody that doesn't really pay attention to all this stuff the other day. And I was like, you could, you could open up a bar. You could open up a restaurant. Good luck trying to get in the cannabis game in Illinois. So, you know, I actually um, sent an emergency um, uh, request to J.B. Pritzker that was walked into him uh, personally by the Secretary of State of Illinois. Uh, describing the uh, suffrages of medical patients, um, providing um, the failures of the Department of Agriculture and the state of Illinois and his own office as far as regulating and fixing these issues, and also a solution on how to get ISP open. JB intentionally avoided doing the right thing, which is why I, I believe that no matter how much money JB has, his, his days in Illinois will be limited. Um, and, and there's nowhere else for him to go. So he'll have to go back to the private sector. But literally, JB had the opportunity to do the right thing. After it was that they allowed the medical market to completely collapse, and you see the numbers, the rec numbers go up instrumentally, and then the medical numbers drop the same way, it's because there was no surprise, no supply for the patients. And, and, and all of these factors are proven evidence against the Department of Agriculture. Um, I've got documents, you know, of, I've got video of how the Department of Agriculture was not regulating these um, facilities, how they were supposed to do inspections on these facilities. Uh, they had inspectors that were supposed to be out every seven days. The inspectors weren't out. They, they blamed COVID. I've got video of uh, workers robbing Verano. I've got a video of freezers out on the docks where they have moldy uh, flour in because if you freeze flour, it kills the mold. Um, you know, there, there's so much that I've been doing over time that people just, you know, well, we saw her, but then we don't see her. You don't have to see me to know that my footprint is there. And eventually um, I just learned that I needed to have other people be the face of the work that I'm doing in order to get anything pressed forward because I've, 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 you know, through some, I've thrown some hardcore punches at, at everybody in charge and I'm going to continue. They just won't notice me. Yeah. Well, Hey, I want to, I know you said you're good for a little bit, but I'm going to try to my best to respect your time. I've got two more questions for you. Um, and then we'll wrap up and I would love to have you back on the show because, uh, I know that, that kind of your thing is in the shadows or whatever, but part of, part of this, like you say, is like, people need to know the truth of this. So if you're able to, uh, you're just hit me up, Trevian, like, 
as you can see, you're a board. If you want to start a conversation, if you want to show people the links and the chains of how this started and who and, and who are in bed with you, I'm going to send you a board and just see how much people know just from the faces that I send you. See if people who know, see if people know who has been instrumentally involved in the monopolization, the corruption, um, you know, the destruction of the medical market and once again, just to be clear, when I asked for the evidence that Trevian volunteered, she was not willing to send it to me because it contained, quote, the names of witnesses, end quote, along with other information that she has provided to the DEA. Um, the lack of awarding, uh, you know, uh, creating situations where licenses won't be awarded. We're, we're you know, they, they say they want to give out another 60 on what basis now? Who's going to grade these? Why haven't you shown the scores of the craft pro applicants? And you've got companies, inter, uh, vertically integrated companies that consulted social equity groups, stole their money and left them high and dry. So that's another thing that's coming out. So. <laughs> Stay tuned, <laughs> Chillinoy. Well, uh, I want to ask. And then got, your last question. Uh, well, I want to. I've got two more. Sorry. Would you be okay. willing to come back on to talk about that in the future? I'd love to talk about it with you because I mean, I, once there, it's it's officially announced. I'll give you all the insights, Kubani. Okay, cool. Well, then I'll try to break it apart myself. Uh, I might send questions your way though, because like I. I don't want to just try to. There's you know, a lot. I, I can't even say how much it is. I think I have. I get like it. I, but, you, but you know what I'm saying? I want to try to paint yeah. this picture with you. So, okay. My last question. Inevitably right now, the Illinois government people, shit, I'm all tangled up in this wire. People in Illinois government, whether it be Daniel Perry or somebody in the cannabis regula regulation oversight office, um, the CRO office, somebody right now is listening to this podcast because of course they they, are. yeah, yeah. So they're going to come out and they're going to maybe disavow some things you said or whatever. Try, um, try. I wanted to give you, I'll give you the proof to back it up. How about that? Once again, just to be clear, when I asked for the evidence that Trevian volunteered, she was not willing to send it to me because it contained quote, the names of witnesses end quote, along with other information that she has provided to the DEA. <laughs> so, well, I, I'm looking forward to that proof and I, and I want to go through it myself and I'd love to go through it with you as well, but I want to, and I know it's hard without hearing what they've said, but I want to give you a last, like another, you know, like the last word or whatever, uh, knowing that, the, you know, somebody may make a response to some of the things you've said here. So is there any, any way you can make it more clear so that it's like, whatever they say doesn't fucking matter, <laughs> you know? Well, you all you have to do is look at what they've done. So nothing they say matters. They say they wanted to do this for, you know, underprivileged neighborhoods. And they said they wanted to do this for impoverished people affected by the war on drugs. They said they wanted to make sure there was, you know, social equity for those who deserve the opportunities to benefit from, uh, you know, the sales and the growth. Nobody, it, it's, it's look at their actions. And it doesn't even matter what I say about them. All you got to do is look at what has been done. So nothing they say matters. All right. Well, hey, I, again, I'm looking forward to getting that information from you. I'm going to do my best to, to make it available so that people can 
uh, you know, I think transparency is important so people can come away with their own conclusions. I'll try to draw my right. own conclusions. I would love to talk with you about some of the things that you know, because I just think you, there's certain things I couldn't even ask all the questions I wanted to today. There's, you add context in areas and you add like, um, where there aren't, con- where there isn't context, you know, and where I think people, people aren't like, even talking about it, you know, right. There's well, and so you were much- in rooms with some of these playmakers. Yeah. So it's important that people hear these things. And so I know I keep saying, will you come back on? I'm going to be knocking at your door to come back on so we can continue to talk about this stuff. No we'll make it happen, but I'm going to, I'm, you know, I, I feel like it, there's a momentum um, in Illinois to, you know, knock down some of what has been constructed against um, those vying and fighting and spending their hard-earned money to become part of the cannabis industry, rightfully so. And um, there has to be a pinnage paid, uh, specifically JB, uh, Toy, uh, Christian Mitchell, uh, Kelly Cassidy. There's, you know, there, there, there's some players there that have overburned the constituents of the state of Illinois. And those are the ones that um, I tend to focus on. And, and even though Toy is working in a different capacity right now, she's definitely someone who's now easier to expose. Um, so I'm glad to see that she's out of the government protection arm of, of the you know, Pritzker administration. Yeah. Well, uh, thanks again, Trevian, for coming on. Um, I really enjoyed our time today. Um, I'd love to talk more. I already know, I got to say this, I already know that this episode's going to be a little controversial, but I think it's important uh, to to talk about these things. You. I think people just needed, they, they weren't informed on how things were able to get to this point. I was just barely scratching the surface. It runs so deep and it's so corrupt. And, you know, people in Illinois now are all in bed with each other. So you can't even trust anybody else to, t- you know, you can't trust the lawyers because they're all representing the different cannabis companies. Um, you can't trust the legislators because if it was that they really wanted equity, they would have voted differently. Um, you cannot trust your Department of Agriculture because they're not disclosing the scoring systems. You can't trust uh, the application process because you have people who are stealing money from people who have really, you know, collected their last pennies in order to try at a chance at, at a future that, you know, would run the likes of, you know, Philip Morris. So it's, it's, it's the, the entire uh, construct of the cannabis tree in Illinois um, has no leaves on it. And, and that's, a, that's a sad, that's a sad episode. So um, yeah, let's, the, I think your podcast is important. Otherwise I wouldn't have, you know, gone back and forth with you over the last couple of months trying to make this happen. But I think it's essential now that um, people are angry um, and uh, there is overwhelming evidence of foul play and, and at the hands of, you know, the people who are uh, supposed to be uh, obligated to the to constituents of Illinois. 
Well, um, thank you for your time. Uh, we'll stay in touch and we'll get you on another time uh, to, to chat and maybe smoke some. We didn't even light up today. So happy 420. <laughs> um, and uh, folks, I hope you enjoyed this episode. Uh, we'll sit down with Trevian another time on the Chillinoy podcast. Peace out.